Wow, good morning, church. Good morning. So when I was growing up, one of my favorite things was to record on VHS tapes my favorite shows and movies. The problem was maybe you would be looking at a movie and it would say on there like Batman Returns or MASH or something like that, right? Or Knight Rider and you would start watching it and all of a sudden, you know, there's Danny DeVito in a creepy penguin costume and Batman Returns and then it turns into like it kind of statics a little bit and it turns into Mary-Kate and Ashley show. It was a lot of fun. Uh, my brother hated that because he would go and look for his movie that he recorded and then he would find Mary-Kate and Ashley or some made-for-TV Disney movie like Wish Upon a Star or something like that. Uh, but one of my favorite days of the week was Friday night, TGIF. Uh, maybe I'd watch the shows on TGIF because that was a whole thing, like a whole lineup, right? But maybe it was a blockbuster night. You guys remember Blockbuster? Of course you remember Blockbuster, right? It's retro now. Like there's one left in Oregon. So I hear, I haven't been there. Um, so Blockbuster night, me and my best friend would come over and we would make a feast. We would have pizza rolls, mint chip ice cream, popcorn, chips and salsa. We'd have a feast. We'd go to Blockbuster and we'd scan the aisles and we'd look and we'd see if the movie we wanted to see, the new release was there and it had a movie behind it, right? You wanted to run over and then you see that there's one left and you see someone else who's eyeing it too. You run over, right? You run over to that movie and you grab that movie or we would watch scary movies and run the aisles. It was a whole thing. And sometimes I get a little bit sad when I think about how my kids want to experience that. Man, it was so much fun. You get to go and see if they have the movie you want. Um, you get to see if they have the video game you want to rent. And my kids want to experience that. They'll never know what be kind rewind means, right? They'll never know what that means. They'll never know the stress of trying to run over and get the movie before someone else does or turning it back in on time. Um, but if I really stop to think about it, do I really miss it? No, I mean, it was good for that season. It was good for that time in my life. But now I, I have grown and I have experienced technology and I don't have to look at my movie anymore with a fuzzy wavy line at the top of the screen and it kind of makes a weird sound or maybe they put the wrong VHS or the wrong DVD inside the case and you open it when you get home and you're like, what in the world? Weren't they supposed to check this? Um, I don't have to worry about that anymore. So in reality, when I think about it, maybe I don't miss it. And you know how I know this? Because last week we were looking for Christmas movies and we had one we wanted to watch. And they had the option on one of our streaming services or I had the DVD. So I knew that I had it, no commercials, anything. Now our streaming services were on the cheaper side so we get ads. Um, anyone in the room get ads? A few of you, thank you. Thank you, my ad people in here. Um, so we get ads. So Jared and I are deciding, hmm, do we wanna get the DVD out from the old case and then we have to take it to the DVD player and find the DVD remote and then get it to work and maybe it'll skip or something or do we just wanna use the streaming service and take the ads? Well, we chose the streaming service. Two reasons, better quality. It's gonna be better quality no matter what um, and it was easy, an easy thing to do because we've experienced the benefits of having streaming services. So I'm gonna choose that rather than choose the old way. Although it worked for a time, it just doesn't quite work anymore. The problem comes 
when something new is presented to us and we don't want to learn the new thing. Because that happens. It happens all of the time because there's something about it. You know how you've heard it said that we're resistant to change. Now I looked this up. Are we actually resistant to change? It's not change aversion. That's not what we're, we're trying to resist again. What we're, what we're actually pushing back on is negative consequence aversion and a lack of understanding the full benefits of this change that we're gonna make. So negative consequence aversion. We don't want the extra risks and the extra effort. Change can be a pain in the butt, as we all know, and sometimes we just don't wanna deal with it, right? When a new technology comes out, there's usually a learning curve that we all have to get on. It's like when you get a new phone. I hate getting a new phone. I, I like having the new phone a month in, but I hate having to relearn everything. I don't wanna learn something new. And then I'll keep it for a couple years, a few years, as long as I can, because I don't wanna learn something new again. Or have you guys, um, anyone changed doctors within the last year? Yeah. That's a hassle. That's no fun. Now if it's me and something's wrong with me, which I, okay, I'm not gonna get into details, but I do have an issue that I need to get resolved and my doctor didn't do much about it. They just kind of let it be and I've had this issue now for like two and a half, three years. That's on me because I don't wanna go and find a new doctor. I don't wanna go through the process of trying to find one that has good ratings, that's gonna take my insurance, yada, yada. But when it comes to my kids, of course I want them to have the best doctors. Of course I want to know that they're getting taken care of. So I'll go through the extra effort for them. But me, I'll be here five years later still having the same problem because I don't want to have to deal with getting a new doctor because it's a negative consequence that I don't, I don't want to have to deal with that, right? But then there's also not understanding the full benefits. Sometimes we don't realize how good it can be until we fully go through the whole process and we see the end results. And I see this all the time with my kids. Like my daughter, Amber, she's four years old and she's a little artiste. She's very cute and she loves to color and she does everything in rainbow or unicorn. So you can see her colors. She does three lines of red, three lines of pink, three lines and three lines of everything and she puts in so much detail and so much effort to building this masterpiece and it's beautiful. But she holds her crayon like this. She holds her pencil like this and I said, honey, if you hold it like this, you're, it's, you're gonna have more control over it. It's gonna be better. She might try it for two seconds and then switch to this again. Cause she doesn't understand the full benefits that she's gonna have when she learns to hold the pencil, hold the crayon in the right way. There's this meme that I feel like I can relate to. There's only two things I don't like, change and the way things are. And I feel like oftentimes that's us, right? We don't like the way things are, but we also don't like change and we're like this little grumpy cat over here. And when we resist change, we become inflexible. We become stiff, we become rigid, we become like Play-Doh that's been left out too long and it just is gonna hold that shape right? You try to bend the Play-Doh, it's going to break, it's going to crack. We become inflexible. This is a protective mechanism that we have. We find security, we find stability, and we know what to expect when we become, um, when we become stiff. 
we don't feel disrupted. We actually trick ourselves into believing that we're gonna be more peace-filled, our life is gonna be more peace-filled if we stick with the same routine, the same thing all of the time. And that's just not true. This is actually called psychological inflexibility. This can be defined as your personal internal experiences, that's your thoughts, your feelings, um, your memories, your body sensations, that is acting as your primary motivator over your values. When we become stiff and rigid and we won't change for anything and, and it's just too much because it's too much of an effort, we're protecting ourselves. We're trying to protect ourselves and we are trusting ourselves more than we're trusting God, right? We become like that Play-Doh, we're not pliable, we're not, we can't be manipulated anymore. When we desire stability, we lack flexibility, and we try to make life through our own efforts, our own plans, our own strengths, without realizing that we're no longer trusting God. We're using our limited personal experience to build our decisions. And it reminds me of this verse in Proverbs 28, 26. Anyone who puts confidence only in himself is a fool, but the person who follows wisdom will be kept safe. So not only does this kind of lifestyle make us act like a fool, we have the ability to rely on somebody greater and we choose not to do that. But it also makes it difficult for us to trust God and we end up dissatisfied because studies have shown that when we are psychologically inflexible, that we actually are more dissatisfied with our life. We have worse, worse sleep patterns and we actually get depressed easier. So we are here we are trying to control everything so that we will have a more peace-filled life so that we can have things under control. And in turn, we get more depressed, we have worse sleep, and we're not trusting God with our life. That's, that's what I find as being a problem, right? So today we're gonna talk about how to become flexible, how to become more flexible. So you can go ahead, you can stretch, knock the person to the side of you or in front of you or not. You don't have to do that. <laughs> uh, but really what I want you to do is imagine yourself in front of your closet. Your closet, your drawers, where you get your clothes. Today we're gonna find a pair of pants. And the pants, I don't want you to get fitted pants. I don't want you to get your slacks that you're gonna wear for work that don't have any give. I want you to grab your stretchy pants. So we're gonna do that today. We're gonna grab our stretchy pants. And that brings us to point one. If I want to put my stretchy pants on, I need to figure out what still fits. Matthew 22, 37 through 39 says this. And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the great, this is the great and first commandment. And also second is like it, you shall love your enemies as yourself. And then we go to 1 Peter 4, 8. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. We have these two verses here, and can we all agree that the message of Jesus, his whole time on earth, is summed up in these two things. Loving God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and loving others as yourself. So if the pants that we're putting on, it doesn't, if that's not what we're doing, then these are the wrong pants, right? We need to find a different pair of pants that fit. So we're gonna get back to that picture in our closet. This year, your body has probably changed. 
I know mine has changed. Um, you could start off the beginning of the year. Let's all pretend we're at the beginning of the year. We have our closet, we have different items in there. We have items that fit perfectly. They're a good fit. We have items in our closet that are a little bit too tight or a little bit too big, but we love them and we're gonna wear them anyway. We have items in our closet that fit us, but we just don't really like them all that much. And we don't wear them, we haven't touched them all year. Then we have items that don't fit us and it's just staying in our closet and we don't wear them, right? So we have different items in there. In order to figure out what fits your body now, you've gotta try things on and make a new assessment. In a similar way, you and I have items in our closet in ways of approaching life, in relationships, in our responses when we're threatened, what we have valued this year, how we have gone about trying to make changes. And some of these things line up with loving God and loving others. We could think about maybe we've been more patient this year. I've been trying to be more patient with my kids. I've been trying to be more patient with this family member that gets on my nerves or with this person at work where we've been more patient with them. We're like, yep, that fits, that's a good fit. We've trusted God more with our finances. We've stepped out. I mean, like PC said, we've given more in the last, this month in December than we have in the last three Decembers. That's amazing. We're trusting God more with our finances, knowing that he's gonna take care of us. That's a pair of pants that still fits. But I could bet you um, that not everything fits the way that it should fit. Can I challenge you this morning? Some of it doesn't work. Our schedules, they fill up so much with our kids, sporting activities, grandkids, with our, our things that we have to do at home, all of our, our things, our schedules get so filled up that by the end of the day, when we go to the grocery store, when we go and we check out, and they didn't have the item we want, and somebody asks, how'd you find things today? You snap at them, right? We snap at them because we're tired. Our schedules are filled up. We've put too much stuff in there so that we don't have the ability, the flexibility to be kind and to be loving to this person who just asked us if we had a good time, if we found what we needed, right? Or maybe, maybe we've had some really good hobbies this year. Maybe some of our hobbies, um, maybe we've been baking more or cooking more or doing woodworking or listening to books or reading books or we have these hobbies we've been doing. But throughout the day, they're what takes up time in our mind. Think about those things for yourself. What is it that pops into your mind throughout the day? Maybe it's even right now. Maybe you're thinking about something right now and it kind of pops into your mind. Maybe that's taking up a little bit too much space. I think I've told you guys that I like to find deals on Facebook Marketplace. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. Um, Jared likes to call me persistent. That's his loving word for me is that I am very persistent. And I think that's a good thing because I can get things done, right? But it also means throughout the day, if there's something I want, I'm going to be looking in the morning. I'm gonna be looking 15 minutes later. I'm gonna be looking two hours later. I'm gonna keep checking to see if they have the thing that I want in the condition I want at the price I want, right? I'm gonna keep looking and looking and looking. And throughout my day, my time, my ability to think about my friend who might need a phone call or a text message isn't there because I'm thinking about this other thing that I want to buy. Silly, isn't it? Right? Or um, maybe there's somebody who's around me that I can tell that they're hurting and broken, but I don't see it because I'm not paying attention. My mind is somewhere else. But if I open my eyes and I pause, 
I can see what's a need in front of me that I can meet. So when I'm looking at my closet, I realize that my persistence I have in that area might not help me live the life that God has called me to live. It isn't helping me grow in my love for God or my more practical ability to love others well. And if I were to restructure my schedule, restructure my life, it might lead to something a little less self-serving, right? Abraham Lincoln said, discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. What I want now is, okay, this week, it was a used Christmas tree is what I was looking for because there's a specific kind I want for next year. So I'm keeping my eye out to see if there's any deals. Do they have deals on what I want? So what I want now versus what I want most is to love people well, to love God well. And that's, I'm, I'm allowing that to take up my time. So this morning, I want you to take an inventory of what still fits in your life. You can ask these three questions. Does it help me love who Jesus loves? Does it help me help how Jesus helps? And does it help me live like Jesus lived? So today, you're not gonna have time in this service to think of all of these things, compare your whole year and how you've been living up to these, but you can think about them throughout the day, throughout this week. Instead, have you guys know Marie Kondo, how she does the organizing, the house stuff? Yeah, I loved watching that, and she'd always ask, does it spark joy? And I wanna ask you guys, when you're looking at your life, when you're looking at comparing everything, ask, is it, does it spark love? And if it doesn't spark love, it might be something that we need to get rid of or we need to pass on. So this is gonna bring us to point two. If I wanna put on my stretchy pants, which I'm wearing today, I need to set aside what doesn't work anymore. Set aside what doesn't work anymore. The last couple of years, um, I've lost weight, I have gained some back, I have lost some again, and it hasn't been a crazy yo-yo thing. I haven't been up, you know, four sizes and down four sizes or anything like that. I did lose four sizes, but I kind of fluctuate between that and another size, okay? Well, when I lost all of my weight initially, I was so excited. I was like, bag it up, bag it up, bag it up, bag up everything. We had um, a clothing exchange that sometimes girls do and they'll bring their clothes and y'all swap clothes, clothing swap. So I would do that and bring like, look, I have so much to give. And I was excited about it or I'd take it to thrift stores. Okay, six months, eight months down the road, my pants are a little bit tighter, a little bit less comfortable than they were before. And I think what I should have done is instead of getting rid of everything, I think I should have kept a couple of pairs of pants back, a couple of shirts back, because not everything I had was bad. Sometimes it just doesn't fit in that season that you're in. And maybe at a future time, you need to pull on it a little bit. You need to come back to it and wear this for a couple months. And that happens with us in our life sometimes. Like there are some items in my closet in my life closet that I am okay getting rid of because I know I'm not gonna need to pull on that again. I know it's not good for me to pull on that again, like jealousy, right? Or criticism for myself or for other people. Those are items I can get rid of or that I wanna get rid of and they need to stay away. But there are some things like a hobby. I know some of us, maybe we needed a little more self-care this year and you picked up some amazing hobbies that have been really great and have been helpful for you. But God might be challenging you. Maybe it's time to take those hobbies and maybe they're not at the front of your closet anymore. 
Maybe it's time to move them down in the closet. Put them towards the back. You could pull on them later. But right now, God might have somebody in your life who needs a friend. And that's where you can serve. That's where you can put your time and effort. That needs to be at the front of your closet. Maybe there's people around you who need help, who need love. Maybe there's an area of ministry here that we're gonna start some local outreach and we're gonna need someone to head it up, someone to lead it. Because I can guarantee you, all of the staff here, we don't have enough hours combined to be able to lead all of it. And we're gonna need your help. And maybe you will have flexibility in your life, in your closet to be able to do that. But you're not gonna have it if your main thing is those hobbies or those things that maybe God's like, okay, I'm calling you to a new place right now, right? I'm calling you to a new time. This year you've grown. This year we've grown together. And now it's time for you to rearrange a little bit and set some things aside. So today I'm gonna to focus on a couple parables. The whole, when, I'm, when I was coming together with this message, these two parables were in mind the whole time. So this is what I've been thinking through. And often Jesus would teach in parables these, he would teach spiritual truths through these little stories. Now in the first century, he was talking to Pharisees and Pharisees were the religious leaders and they upheld the law. They were all about the law, right? They want to stick to all these rituals. Now they would fast maybe two times a week and that's a lot of fasting. Jesus's disciples, were they fasting two times a week? Nope, they sure weren't. They were over here, they were eating, drinking, having double-double. They were having a great time and the Pharisees didn't like that very much. But Jesus was trying to tell them this wasn't the time for fasting. He says in Luke 5, 34 through 35, imagine there's a wedding going on. Is that the time to tell the guests to ignore the bridegroom and fast? Sure, there's a time for fasting when the bridegroom has been taken away. Because fasting was typically associated with mourning. And in those days, rabbis, it was a huge deal for them to go to a wedding, to be a part of a wedding, to let wedding festivities happen. They would actually put aside their traditions and their rituals. They would put that aside so that wedding things could happen. So there could be a big party and it was not allowed for anyone to fast during that. And Jesus was saying, when I'm here, I'm coming and I'm bringing a new way of doing life. You're gonna have to put old stuff aside to focus on what God has for you. So the Pharisees, they wanted to do their rituals and Jesus was saying, when I'm coming, I'm focusing on something more important. I'm focusing on people. You can put those other things aside right now. I'm focusing on people. So he uses a couple of familiar facts to make this point in Luke uh, 5, 36 through 39. Look, nobody tears up a new garment to make a patch for an old garment. If he did, the new patch would shrink and the old garment would be worse than before you could think of it. It's already weak fabric around it because it's old. So you have a new one that shrinks. It's gonna, how many more tears are gonna be there, right? So many more tears. And nobody takes freshly squeezed juice or wine and puts it into old stiff wineskins. If he did, the fresh wine would make the old skins burst open and both the wine and the wineskins would be ruined. There's the fermentation, fermentation process, they, it expands the gas inside of the bottles. And if it's an old wineskin, it's already been expanded, right? There's no room to stretch. He's saying it needs to be something new, something flexible, something that can stretch. And he says, new demands new. New wine for new wineskins. Anyway, those who have never tasted the new wine won't know what they're missing. They're always gonna say, the old wine is good enough for me. 
That's how they said it too, just like that. The Pharisees had been objecting to something new and Jesus explained that how we have been doing life just doesn't work quite the same anymore. God has a new plan for them. He has new practices and he needs to put the old things back in the other side of the closet. And we don't wanna be the people that are sitting back and saying that the, the old wine is good enough for me. We wanna be able to be flexible like a new wineskin, like new clothing rather than old clothing that's already stretched out already. We've gotta be open in this new year. We've gotta look at what has worked and we've gotta look at what doesn't work for us any longer in this season because of how we have grown and how far God has taken us. And we need to make changes in our life to be able to reflect that change, that growth. We have to make our schedules reflect it. We have to make our conversations at work and with friends and at home reflect it. We have to make our attitudes shift and reflect the changes that God has made in our life. So it takes us to point three, if I wanna put on my stretchy pants. Okay, this is gonna be different in your notes if you have your notes, because uh, initially it was a past one, right? And it said invite others in. We don't wanna invite others in to our stretchy pants. That's not what we're going for today. Uh, but if I wanna put on my stretchy pants, I need to get ready for the day. That's what it's supposed to say, people. Get ready for the day. We're gonna be taking communion together. I'm gonna invite the ushers forward. They're gonna start passing it out as I'm talking. Hold on to it, we're gonna take it together in a minute. We need to get ready for the day. Putting on stretchy pants for us looks like writing this faith journey a little bit harder than we did before. We have to think about every moment, every move, every decision we make and invite Jesus in it. Proverbs 3, five through seven says this, trust the Lord completely and don't depend on your own knowledge with every step you take. Think about what he wants and he will help you go the right way. Don't trust in your own wisdom, but fear the Lord, respect the Lord and stay away from evil. An easy way we can do this is each morning having a morning prayer. Setting aside time in the morning when we first get up to make a special prayer. There's a song that was by Brandon Heath over a decade ago. And I don't even necessarily like the song musically. Um, it's Give Me Your Eyes. I don't, know, I don't even love the song musically, but the words in it have stuck with me for over a decade. And I feel like that's powerful in and of itself if, if something stays with you that long. He sings this. Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see. Everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for humanity. Give me your arms for the brokenhearted, the ones that are far beyond my reach. Give me your heart for the ones forgotten. Give me your eyes so I can see. Leave this up in the morning when we're dedicating our life to God that day, when we're ready to make our life flexible to what He wants so that we can love those around us, so that we can show love to God this is the kind of prayer that we can pray. We can ask God to open our eyes, to give us eyes that he has to see other people. Because he looks at you, he looks at everyone around you with so much love and so much grace and so much compassion and kindness. And we can ask God, God, give us eyes to see people like that today. God, if there's somebody out there who is brokenhearted, if there's someone who is lonely, if there's someone who's left out, help me to see them. Help me to love them.
Help me to see the world the way that you see the world. That's how we can start our morning each and every morning. When Jesus was about to die, he broke bread and he had wine with his disciples, this act that we call communion. And he said, guys, I'm gonna do something here. He's, he's telling them how important this is. What I'm about to do is so important. I'm gonna give my life for other people so that they can have a relationship with God, that the brokenhearted can be healed, that those who are hurting and lonely can be brought in. And this is so important. This is the most important thing. It's so important, I'm giving up my life for it. I want you to remember how important this is to me. So when you come together, break bread, drink the juice, remember why I gave up my life. Remember what is so important to me. And this morning, we're gonna take communion together and we're gonna remember what is most important to God, to love God and to love others, to help others. And we're gonna ask God that we can love people like that. We're gonna do it together as a group, but each morning I encourage you to say a prayer that's gonna help you remember that. So let's pray right now. Lord, thank you for the gift of your life that you've given, even though we didn't deserve it. Thank you for the love that you have shown each one of us, God. I thank you for loving the brokenhearted, for finding us um, important enough to give up your life for. Help us to love people like you love people. Help us to care for people the way that you care for people, to see people the way that you see them. When, we, when there's someone broken, broken or hurting, help us to see them, help us to notice, help us to do something about it, God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. So we're gonna, these cups are a little bit different than normal, so take the bottom. That's gonna be the bread. It's easier to open now. We're just gonna receive this together. And as a reminder of the blood that he shed, he took the cup around, passed it around, and everyone drank of it together. And that's what we're doing, remembering what's important to him. Lord, thank you so much for loving people, for loving us. Help us to be that this week to others. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.